This is an AMI podcast. I'm Kelly McDonald. I'm Ramia Amadin, and this is Kelly and Ramia. On AMI Audio, enjoy the program at 4 p.m. Eastern Time. That's where it debuts, 2 p.m. Eastern Time for the AMI TV folks when you catch us live. Repeats of the show. Well, that's easy for you, too. 10 p.m. Eastern Time. And just to make it real easy so I don't get lost and I can find us, we're on both networks at 10 p.m. Eastern Time for uh, the first repeat of Kelly and Romeo. Today, joining me on the program, Mr. Grant Hardy. At 10 p.m. is a really great time in the West Coast, too, because that's I 7 p.m. That's prime time. So that's that would be my time. See, that's the uh, uh, everyday prime time special. Exactly, exactly. You guys are on everyday prime time here in the West Coast, so congratulations. Uh, Hey, AMI is really excited to broadcast season one of Push on AMI-tv and then season two in March. And right now, joining us to talk more about the series is one of the stars of the show, Bean Gill. Hey, Bean, welcome to the program. Hi, thanks for having me. We're really excited about this conversation, and I wanted to start with uh, just getting you to tell us what PUSH is all about. Sure. So PUSH is a docuseries about my life and the lives of my wheelchair friends, who we call ourselves the Wheelie Peeps, um, here in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. And it's basically just a show to show how we live our lives. We want to break down a lot of barriers and just show people that, hey, we're just regular people too. You know, that's great. one of the coolest things to do is look back at shows that we love and now we can go online and, hey, how did this show come to be or what is this show? And we get so much behind the scenes or background. Can we start with some of that on how this show came to be? Like you said, your friends, the group of you, and what what an honor, right? Like all of us could say, you know, we carry on, we do stuff. <laughs> if someone put us on TV, <laughs> it's happening for you guys. Yeah, it's wild. It's wild. Honestly, I've been saying out loud for at least 10 years that I want a reality. I want my own TV show. You know, back then I said reality TV show because that's all I knew out there. But I've been constantly saying it because so much weird stuff happens to me all the time. Mm. All the time. And I'm always like, why isn't there a camera there to catch it? Right? (laughs) And um, yeah, it actually happened. And the way it did happen is uh, through... Top 40 under 40, actually. I won in 2019, and my producer was reading the magazine, and she said that I popped off the page to her. And so she cold called me. She sent me an email saying, hey, I would love to, like, work with you on something. And, I mean, you don't say no to those kinds of opportunities. Mm -hmm. So I met with her, and, you know, we had a bunch of meetings. We did not know what this was going to be, what it was going to look like. Started from a 20-minute documentary to now being nine episodes on CBC and AMI, it's, um, it's wild. The journey has wow. been absolutely incredible. Well, I would like to say that I seriously respect this because there are so many shows that are like meant to be inspiring. And then on the other hand, there are shows that are meant to be talk just only about issues in a more negative or or challenging way. But what I've always wanted is a show that just showcases the normal lives of people with disabilities. So uh, this is, this is fantastic that this is uh, on TV now, because I think this is going to be make disability a little more accessible for us and uh, able-bodied 
folk as well. Mm. And down to for earth. Sure. Yeah. And it was like for us, some of the goals that we wanted out of this show was like, one, we want the able-bodied population to understand as much as they can and to know that we're the regular people and having a exactly. disability, it can happen to anybody at any time. And no one is immune from joining this pop, this cool club, right? Oh, yeah. It's a pretty open club. It's a pretty open, welcoming <laughs> club. And it's the only club that doesn't discriminate. You know, you could be purple, you could be large, you could be small, you could be rich, you could be poor, it doesn't matter. Anybody can enter this club. And I think that's something that we wanted to really emphasize, as well as like for people with disabilities, right? We want people with disabilities to, one, resonate and see us representing them, even though we don't represent every single disability, because that's nearly impossible. Mm -hmm. Um, But we hope that, you know, people see that and that they're proud of it. And then the third thing is to have little kids with disabilities see what their lives can do, right? They can have successful businesses. They can have families. They can have jobs. They can do whatever they want. And we really want them to see that. Yeah, a lot of people, unfortunately, have viewpoint of disability being so frightening, inconveniencing, upsetting. Um, You have your days just like anybody else. But when people kind of like the, the pity in in the in the you know in that sense of oh my god and always coming back to glad that's not me I'm glad this or that it's more let's take the fear away sure you may not be wanting to lose your vision or be in a wheelchair you know so you you try to take care of yourself you learn how to do the best you can but you also if something happens to you it can't feel life is over that you should have would have been better off not making it I have to ask with that being said yeah how are you guys shooting it. How are you letting people into those windows where the people see what you're doing, the fun, the not fun, those truthful moments? How how is this being produced? Because one could say, well, do you stick cameras on people and just keep them? What, what's the what's the format? I mean, if we had an unlimited budget, yeah, we would have cameras just following yes. us around all the time. Unfortunately, that's not reality, right? We, there is a, a budget, so there's limitations involved with that. However, so what we did is... Be- because there's so many of us too, right? Like there's 10 of us wheelie peeps and we all live very dynamic lives. So what we would do is have a debrief with the production team, say this is what we're kind of have on our calendars already for the next few months. Um, And then we kind of go based off that and then they kind of like create a story based off of what we are doing. And of course things change last minute, right? Because that's the life of disability. Sometimes you have an Mm -hmm. emergency where you gotta go into the hospital and UTIs and all the fun things that are involved. And that's what we wanna show too, right? So um, they do as best they can with their budgeting of their filming days. And like I said, things pop up out of nowhere. And so then they just have to reallocate uh, where their crew is. Sometimes they have to pull a crew together really fast. Uh, for example, when Brian went goes into the hospital, that was not planned, right? And so they had to pull a crew together really quick, get it there, and hopefully catch it before the ambulance gets there. Like there's no guarantees with any of this stuff, but everybody wow. works really hard to catch as much as we, they can. And then we also are, you know, asked to do a lot of self-taping. If the crew can't get there, set up your set up your cell phone, try to get as much footage as you can so that we can catch that authentic um, situation. Nice. Wow. That's it's smart. A lot. We've, we've, <laughs> we've had so many kind of a morbid comment, uh, ambulance delays here in my province, BC, that I feel like I've 
film crew might show up quicker. I don't know. Three or four of them might show up and be there for a day or so waiting, right? Uh, It's amazing when you think about spinning on a dime like that. But how did you guys get the buy-in from those? I mean, I know it has to be more than, hey, do you want to be on a TV show? There's got to be a lot of buy-in to be so open. Oh, for sure. I mean, for my friends and I, right, it was individual conversations of, is this something you want to do? Is this something you are willing to open up your life for? And I mean, a lot of my friends are already living very public lives on social media. So then to them, it was just like, sure, it's fine. It's not a problem. And then when we all met, we basically said to the producers, we want to show everything or we want to show nothing. This is not going to be an inspiration porn series. This is not going to be a, oh, look at these poor people with disabilities. That's not what we want. We want to show everything. And that means that the highs and the lows, we want to talk about incontinence. We want to talk about like bowel, bladder and sexual function, uh, autonomic dysreflexia. Like my friend Tash, uh, she's a quadriplegic and she's pregnant. She has a baby in season one. And these are things that many people think one shouldn't happen or two couldn't happen. And it's just so awesome for us to be like, this does happen and this is normal and it is common. We need to break down those stigmas and get them out of this ether because it's not reality. And those limiting beliefs are what keep people with disabilities hidden. And I don't like that. Yeah, yeah. I've said this so often uh, before, but for anybody who says that things quote unquote shouldn't happen, if you ever meet a child, uh, you know, who's grown up into adulthood, who had parents, one or two parents with disabilities, those, those kids grow up to be the most genuine, like selfless functioning, positive contributors to society. So not only would I say that it should happen, I frankly think it's an advantage for uh, those children. Curious if there's any sort of, I guess, lessons. I know we've already kind of touched on it, but I guess any kind of message that you would want able-bodied people to take from the show along those lines. Just to release that fear right? Release the fear of people with disabilities and what, like conversation I have a lot is, I don't want to say the wrong thing. I don't want to offend somebody. So I'm just not going to say anything at all, but that's not the answer either, right? So I feel like what we want to do is just break it down and just be like, we're regular people just like you. And if this was to happen to you, and and, you know, you said this before too, is like, oh my gosh, I don't think I could do this, or I don't know how I would handle the situation. But the thing is, is none of us knew either. (laughs) None of us were like, yes, one day I, I will be disabled and I will change the world. No, we don't have those thoughts either. Yeah, and you have to go with what you're thinking. You have to put the honesty, the trueness to the show. They'll just put it on later at night. Um, Tell us something, please. I'm kind of curious, uh, Mother Hen, if you would, uh, of, of the of the wheel peeps. How did that name? How did that name come to be? Oh my God! First of all, that's the worst name. I do not want to call them Mother Hen. Okay. I would say maybe the glue, and how it came to be is like, well, the wheelie peeps didn't really. They existed as, as individuals for sure. But my thing is like, I've always wanted a community of friends and I'm always, I've always been a very social extroverted person. And I just believe everybody should know everybody else. And so 
when I was first paralyzed and just saw how isolated I was, and anytime I went to the bar, to a restaurant, to the movies, anywhere, I would never see anybody with a disability, never. And I'm like, how am I the only person in this city with the population of a million people? How am I the only one? And then when I went to California and I saw so many people with disabilities out and about living their lives, doing their thing, I was just like, all right, so there's got to be people in Edmonton. Statistically, wherever there's able-bodied people, there's people with disabilities. And so when I came back, I made it my mission to go find my homies. And that's what I did. That's how I met Brian, (laughs) Brittany, and Ricardo, and uh, Aleem, and all. a lot of these people have come through with Ryu, which is my business. It's a neuro recovery center here in Edmonton. Um, but yeah, like, and a lot of people, they didn't even know each other, right? And Brittany and Brian, they actually even lived in the same apartment building at one point, but still didn't know each other. And that was like 20 years ago. And so to me, it's just wild that all of these people are like so close to each other, but not. And so, yeah, I kind of made this group of friends and um, here we are. That's, I guess why that's why I'm the mother hen. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like it. You've got that wing out over everyone, pulling everyone together. And it's a real special, I think a special quality period, whether the name <laughs> doesn't go down well or not. But I think that's, that's quite an honor. And Fedora's off to you. Thank you. Yeah. It's uh, I want to tell us about... No, go ahead. Go ahead, Frank. I was just going to ask before we run out of time about season one. And season two coming up are running pretty close together on AMI-TV. You want to quickly tease us? We've got about 30, 40 seconds. Yeah, sure. So, I mean, season one, we talk a lot about different relationships. Um, a lot of people have asked about Brian and Victoria, how they're going to make out. So season two, you'll find out how that um, relationship goes. Um and just there's so much growth that each of us experience in season one that we elaborate on in season two that I think everybody is just going to really enjoy watching. And if you don't, yeah. please tell us. <laughs> Relationships and community are the two things I'm looking forward to most. Really looking forward to the show. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you so much for having me. I had a great time and you guys uh, do us, an awesome us, job. So keep it up. Us, Thank you. Good luck. That Good luck. Being- Gill of you. Push. You can catch season one airing on AMI TV in January. Season two coming up in March. Watch a lot of people having fun. Coming up in the next hour of our program on Know Your Rights, Danielle McLaughlin is joined by disability advocate David Leposky to discuss the most recent report on the uh, on the implication of the AODA. And how can we make the holidays more accessible? Leanne Barta stops by to give us some tips during our independent living segment. Up next, however, assistive technology entrepreneur Rebecca Rosenberg introduces us to her mobile app that benefits the low vision community in a sec. Keep it here for more of Kelly and Ramya on AMI-tv. The Walrus is Canada's conversation, and you're invited to take part. Download AMI's Voices of the Walrus, where professional narrators read selected articles from the magazine. Available wherever you download your AMI podcasts.